You're listening to the Down the Pub podcast, Canada's premier football show. Head to downthepub.ca to subscribe so you never miss an episode. So, uh, welcome to this episode of the Down the Pub podcast. On this week's show, I'm joined by Phoenix Rising's uh, midfielder, Aiden Quinn. Welcome to the show, pal. Thanks for having me. Excited for it. Yeah, man, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, so before we get into the main part, we kind of just ha- like to have a kind of couple of quick, easier questions just to try and get you in the, the swing of things here. So what's your favorite cheat meal? Favorite cheat meal? Um, being from San Diego, I love uh, I love a good uh, burrito, a little Mexican burrito spot. Love it, love it, love it. Is there a good spot in uh, Phoenix? Uh, I found a decent one. I found a good taco place, so that, that, that suffices for now. Uh, what's the uh what's the funniest pronunciation you've had of your name oh i i get a lot of those um (laughs) odahan is uh is a good one (laughs) odahan yeah just i just tell them to sound it out and they they still don't get it (laughs) (laughs) love it uh what's your favorite sports movie or book sports movie or book um Wow, tough, huh? You're really coming at me. You said they were easy questions. <laughs> uh, I, I, the book, I would say, I like the Peter Crouch book. I thought that was just kind of a different take on uh, biographies. He's funny. The more of the jokes and the the banter in the in the soccer game. Um, for movie, phew, I like Miracle on Ice. Um, I thought that was a great movie. Again, okay. obviously a true story. So love it. Um, and last one of these, the. Uh, the very first pair of boots you remember owning? First pair of boots. I think they were uh, Copa Mundial's my dad got me. Um, and then I also, he made me polish them every time I used them. So they wouldn't, <laughs> they wouldn't get dirty. <laughs> Still yeah. having nightmares about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, you've, you've clinched the, the place in the playoffs. Um, so what's been the kind of secret of the success of the team this season? Yeah, we actually just clinched the uh, the Western Division, uh, the Pacific Division, I guess. Um, so yeah, we're excited about that. I think at Phoenix, I came to Phoenix because I wanted to win trophies, and um, so I'm surrounded by great players, great talent. Um, so yeah, it was getting to the playoffs isn't really the main focus. I think that's kind of expected when you're at Phoenix Rising. Uh, so it's good. It's obviously good to get there and to win our division already, but our focus is still keep winning as many games as possible, try to get the, I guess, supporter shield and then uh, go into the playoffs and see what we can do. So, I mean, you've got like five games left. So what's the message from the manager, like to make sure that complacency doesn't sit in? Because, like, you know, as you said, you've won everything in the division so far. Um, So to make sure that you guys don't sit on your laurels, what's the kind of being the message from the manager? Yeah, it's the same as it's been all year. We kind of, we want to win every game. Everyone here is uh is very competitive so it's great uh, but also we know that we want to host every playoff game so we know el paso in the west is is close to us so we want to be able to host them if we ever meet them and then uh tampa bay is right behind us in the overall standings and a big uh a big goal of ours was to win the entire league so we're trying to win as much as possible and hopefully uh those goals come to fruition so in your, in your decision to, to to move to the phoenix um Obviously, they're a very successful franchise, but as well, like the ownership group, where 
uh, obviously famously did he drug and stuff like that. So how much of that played into you actually signing for uh, for Phoenix? Yeah, the ownership group and the entire club, they really take care of the players. I've uh, I've had some buddies on the team in the past and uh, they never said anything bad about the club. Um, and I've been at some clubs where it's been good, but also there's bad to it where the players aren't really taking care of. It's obviously the second division. So you're not getting everything given to you. But um, at this point in my career, I thought it was time. I haven't won yet in the USL and I want to win a trophy or win the whole thing, the USL championship, not just the regular season. And, uh, and I want to be treated well. I want to have meals every day. I want to not have to worry about if the pitch is good or not at the training field. Um, I want to have a gym at the training field. So those things of just becoming more professional and not having to have as many worries that those played big parts into why I decided to come. So how are you settling into uh, Phoenix in general? Like uh, it's, um, I know it's very, very hot and you're close to the desert and all that kind of stuff. So what's, uh, what's it been like uh, trying to settle into the city? Yeah, it's uh, my wife and I, we bought a house in uh, February, I think it was January, February. So we got here, we moved in. Um, so that was a lot of our time was either I was training and then come back and we sort out the house and um, but yeah, it's nice. It's, it's nice to finally have our own place instead of a smaller apartment, which we were used to. Um, it's nice to have the dog have a backyard. Um, and then, yeah, the, the heat wasn't too bad until we got to, uh, the summer and the summers are pretty brutal here, but we got through it. Now we're starting to get better weather again. Um, so low, low nineties, eighties, which is, is good for us right now. <laughs> Jesus, I'm sweating even just thinking about that, man, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you've obviously played at some amazing, <clears throat> um, stadiums uh, in the USL, like uh, you're at Cincinnati and, and things like that. So what's uh, Phoenix's new stadium? How does it rank alongside uh, what you've been what you've been at before? Yeah, Phoenix's stadium right now, it's great. Um, I think the pitch is unbelievable. I think it's the best pitch I've played on in the USL. Um, it's always perfectly cut. The grass is perfect. Um, it holds a good amount of fans. I think it holds up to 10 uh, I don't think we've had a sellout yet, but hopefully come up to playoffs, we will. Um, so, yeah, it's, it, that's been great. I think other stadiums I've played in have been bigger. I think Cincinnati, like you said, we got tons of fans, but we're playing on turf. So that's kind of the downfall there. Uh, when I was at Louisville, I wasn't at their nice, great stadium that they're at now. <laughs> I was more on the baseball fields. But, uh, yeah, it's awesome to see these teams start building their own facilities and building their own stadiums. I think it shows that the league's growing and also the sport in general. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like the, the growth of the USL has been incredible in the last couple of years. And as you said, like Louisville um, putting money up, Phoenix putting money up. So, is the goal for Phoenix to get into the MLS? Is that there? Is that the end goal for for the, the club, or do you think the USL is going to be big enough for them? Um, I'm not positive. I think the ownership would like to go in the MLS. I think obviously, if it, uh, just like players, everybody wants to reach the pinnacle and the pinnacle in the United States right now is uh, MLS. So I think if I were to guess that I would say they would want to go to MLS, but I think they're happy also in the USL. I think they're kind of a, a leader in the USL um, with a couple other teams and they kind of show the other teams how it should be done. And that's why I'm thankful to be here. So, I mean, like you've been part of FC Cincinnati and you were at uh, Orlando just before they kind of made the jump up. So do you get that same kind of vibe around the city in Phoenix? Like you, it does it feel like it's a football, a football town. Yeah, I think, 
there's a huge respect for the game here. Um, I think the one thing they would have to figure out if, if they went to MLS is the stadium not being covered. I think because like we said, the summers are so hot. I know MLS likes to play games during the, uh, the day. I think that would be almost impossible. Um, so I think that would be a huge challenge for them, but yeah, as far as the fan support and the engagement, I think it's, yeah, it's unbelievable. It's, uh, Cincinnati had a great fan base and it was downtown stadium. So that helped Orlando. They were uh, consistently the top uh, drawers in the league. So that's great. And yeah, you see other teams. It's like I said, the sports just growing and it's great to be a part of, but it's also great to see as a fan. Yeah. Um, so, so speaking of the, like the, the stadium, like, I mean, you, you scored on your debut and you also scored in one of the first games of the stadium. So how, what was that experience like for you? Like, um, being part of a little bit of history pretty much yeah that was unbelievable um my first time playing in front of the fans uh our first win or my first win i guess for phoenix rising the first one in that stadium i think yeah kind of a little bit of history but also uh not many people know but going into that first game our preseason we played a bunch of games and we didn't win one we uh we were really struggling (laughs) And everyone's talking about Phoenix Rising being a contender and stuff. And we knew we had the talent, but we, it just wasn't clicking in preseason for whatever it was. Um, but we had the talent, the experience. So to come that first game, I think everybody kind of tuned in. And, yeah, with the fans, I, you hear other players talking about on this team. It's When we play at home, it's, it's different. Um, guys just get ready to go. I don't know why, what it is, but as soon as we get out there, we kind of – everybody's – flying we have the fans behind us it's hot so teams are already miserable it's just it's a tough place to play and i've been on the other end of it and i know if they're if uh, phoenix rising's flying then yeah it's it's not a fun game at all so how important was it to uh to lay that marker down like i mean like san diego are your biggest rivals in the division right now so like uh how, how important was it to lay that marker down a 4-1 win against uh, san diego yeah, that was massive. Um, I think a lot of people thought uh, us in San Diego were going to be the ones competing for uh, the number one spot in our division. And uh, there's a little bit of rivalry from last year. Some things happen, but uh, I wasn't a part of that. So just coming in, it, there was kind of a buildup to the game. And I think uh, us coming away with a big win and a big statement, it kind of put the rest of the league on notice, but also just kind of it gives that mental edge over the other teams saying, Oh, Phoenix rising's back again. They just reloaded on players and um, it's going to be hard to beat them at home. Uh, how, how did a move come around for yourself? Like uh, how, how did you get, uh, did, did they come to you? Like, and, and like, were you a free agent? Is it like, what was the, the scenario behind you moving? Yeah, I was a free agent this past off season. Um, they, they came to me a few years ago. Also when I was a free agent, when I had a good year in orange County, um it didn't work out i decided to stay in orange county i was happy there uh now this year they came uh i only really was looking at three teams um between talking to me and my wife we just decided we didn't we thought our three best cities that we wanted to go to um were san diego orange county or phoenix we kind of my family's in san diego we love the west coast uh so we wanted to stay kind of local and Phoenix came and Rick, Rick is a great recruiter and he, I played against him. I played against his teams a lot. So uh, when he wanted me, he, he really came hard. It felt great to be wanted by him. Um, Yeah. And everything just fell into place. It all worked out. Um, All the numbers worked out. They gave me what I wanted and 
I think it's one of the best moves I've made. Uh, obviously, it's a little scary each time you move teams because you don't quite know what's going to happen. Um, I moved from Louisville to Cincinnati to play under John Harks, and John Harks gets fired a week into preseason. So you never know what's going to happen and if things are going to go according to plan. But uh, so far in Phoenix, it has. And do you feel like you're playing the best football of your career at the moment? Uh, yeah, I think I'm playing very well. I think uh, I feel very fit. I feel comfortable in the, the system. I'm playing as an eight kind of more than I've played as a six most recently in Orange County. And I think my best position is more as an eight. Um, so, yeah, I think it and then I have guys around me that really help me bring out my best. But also, I, I think I help Brent, um, bring out their best. So I think it's it's been great so far. Yeah, it's it's bit like the, the team is fantastic to watch on watching yourself. Uh, you've been scoring some goals and you've been getting plenty of assists too. So it's uh, it's been a lot of fun watching the, the the team. So like as you mentioned, you were at FC, FC Cincinnati and you were part of that amazing US Open uh, semi final run. So what what were those games like? Actually playing in front of the full houses there in Cincinnati, like some of the crowds were 32, 33 thousand, which is incredible for a USL team. Yeah, it was, it was amazing. It's, uh, it's probably the highlight of my career so far, just, um, playing in those games, but also we had a great group at Cincinnati. The, the locker room was really good. I had a lot of tight friends on that team. So being able to play in those big games with guys that you're really close with, I think that helps a lot, but yeah, you walk out of the stadium and you're getting chills because you're not in the USL. You're not used to playing in front of 30,000 people and, you have 30,000 people that are all cheering for you, which is crazy. Um, and that doesn't happen for second division in, in America for soccer. So, yeah, it, it was crazy. Um, they, the fans really pushed us on because we played some hard games. We defended a lot in those games. But, <laughs> yeah, it was, it's one of the highlights of my career is making it to the, uh, the semis and really getting close to the finals. I think we got a little unlucky. But, yeah, things happened for a reason. That was, that was a great time, and I loved it. So, so how much do you think that the crowd size and the atmosphere uh, kind of upset the teams you're playing, like like Chicago and uh, the the crew and stuff like that? Like, did they get into? Do you think it got into their heads? I think that uh, I don't know if it got into their head, but it was unexpected. I think for them, I think uh, in the Open Cup when these MLS teams play against the USL teams, uh, they always know that the USL teams are going to try hard. Obviously, I think uh, one of well, even if a USL team is playing a lower division team, the, the lower division team is always going to try to ha- try hard. They're probably going to run more. It just, it means more to them, I think. Um, and the other teams come in a little bit lackadaisical, maybe um, thinking that they're the, they're the better team. They're the first division team. So maybe it'll be easy, but yeah, we get those fans and that kind of pushes the players a bit more. You can run a, a bit further, a bit faster. Um, you don't really want to let anyone down in the stadium. So I think that helps the players, but, yeah, just the environment, it's, it's unbelievable. Um, it, it's just, yeah, you, there's no real words to explain it. I think you had a goalie that made like four four penalty saves and you're just, you're just like, this is insane what's happening right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the games were so much fun to watch as well and everybody wants to cheer for the underdog, right? So it was, uh, it was kind of yeah. nice. But, but for yourself, like I know – uh, I, I think I saw somewhere that you're a Man United fan. So, I mean, you came up against Bastian Schweinsteiger. So on a personal level for yourself, what was it like sharing a field with someone like that? And uh, what was it like playing against them? Yeah, I'm a big Man United fan. So, uh, yeah, going against – even if he didn't play for Man United, you were going against Bastian Schweinsteiger. It's like this guy won the World Cup. He 
he's done everything. He's uh, he's a legend in the game. And well, I actually have a video. I think I made a tackle on him and then I, I played a good ball through. And now it's just like one of the highlights of my career there is just, <laughs> I, I tackled Bastian Schweinsteiger. Like <laughs> I never thought I would be able to say that, you know? So yeah, things like that, like where you don't think it's really going to be possible or when you're growing up, you're, you're like, Oh, that'd be awesome. It then playing the USL, you're thinking, yeah, that won't, that won't happen. And it finally does. And it's awesome. Yeah. I mean, like, so it's it, like for us normies who never get a chance to play professional soccer, like what's, what's, what's it like, like for yourself? Like, I mean, like what, what is he like on the pitch? Is, does he have that air of I'm better than this or like, is he like full on in your face kind of like what, what's, what, what way do these guys act when they're playing when you're playing against them? Uh, I, I, I think some guys, I, I don't think I have encountered it where they're, they're a bit arrogant, the bigger the stars are, but um, against Sebastian Schweinsteiger, he, I was just amazed at how good he was. He, he was so calm on the ball. Um, he was older too, but he was so quick. Uh, those first couple of steps, I couldn't get near him. Um, and just, he was so clean and so technical. It's just, you can really tell uh, even at his older age that he's, he's a bit better than you would even expect. He's, he's a higher level than any of the guys that I've ever trained with and stuff. And just the crispness, the sharpness of everything, even just the movements. Um, yeah. So it's just as a fan of Man United and just as a fan of soccer, of soccer in general, is being that close up to watching him and going against him was great. And then as a competitor, it's just, obviously I want to do what I can against him and see what, where I stack up. And obviously I don't really stack up anywhere near him, but in that moment there's, I did something. So that was nice. Yeah, because I mean, like it's—I don't think TV does these guys justice because obviously the camera isn't on them the whole time. It's the, the the little nuances that they have that just makes them that step ahead. But the, the beauty of the US Open is that you get your yourself like a, a chance to play against the the MLS guys. And do you think yourself that there's a a, a big step up, like you know, playing against the the the, the, the MLS teams? Uh, I think against the MLS teams, the average MLS teams and average MLS players, I don't think there's a huge step up. I think a lot of USL guys can go in and, and play and get minutes in the MLS. Um, I think if guys I play with, Mark Anthony K, he's, he's an all-star now. Um, Tyler Adams, who is in the USL, and now he's in, uh, he's in Germany having a great career. Richie Larea played a lot in the USL. And um, so, and he's crushing it now in Toronto. So it's, I think there's guys that, go and show that the USL has a lot of quality. Um, but I think the difference between MLS and USL is those top five players. Maybe there's those guys are unbelievable. That's why they're getting paid millions of dollars. Um, and I think that's a big difference, but I think the, the middle, the middle to end of the MLS rosters, I think a lot of USL guys are right there, if not better. So, you know, like in, in England, the way like the, They've got like the championship league one. And I guess the goal is always for those players to move up and hopefully make it to the Premier League someday. Do you think there's enough of that in the like between the USL and the MLS that the MLS is looking at you guys to bring this through? Or do you think they care more about the academies they've built and the systems? And a lot of guys are just being kind of not forgotten, but like, you know, just kind of like being missed. Yeah, I think it's it's tough for me to say. Um, I think the MLS, they really want to build up their academies. I think that's a great option for them uh, for the first team, but also to sell to Europe and, and other country or other continents, I guess. So um, I think they really want that to be successful, and it has been. Obviously, you see FC Dallas, they've sold quite a few guys to big teams. 
But um, I think they're also starting to look at the USL a bit more. I think in the past, they kind of, I don't know if they were reluctant or they didn't think the guys can transition. But like I said, guys like Richie Larea, Mark Anthony Kay, Aaron Long, these guys have started in the USL and they moved up and they've done unbelievable things. So I think now you're seeing that more. You're seeing guys get signed to two teams with the uh, with the thought of, hey, if you do well the first half of the season, we're going to move you up. And I think it's great for everybody in, in soccer in the U.S. I think you need more of that. I think if there was pro-rel in America, I think even the, the level would go higher. But right now it's not, and I don't think it ever will be with MLS and USL. I think the ownership and the way that the league is run is – is its own unique uh, system. So I think, yeah, we, uh, we as players just have to do what we can and hopefully get seen. And if you get seen, you have to earn your opportunity. When the opportunity comes, just take it. So, so what was your experience? Like, like I know you were drafted by the union and stuff like that. Like, so when you, when you get drafted, like uh, obviously it wasn't in the first round, what's the next steps? Like, do they bring you in for a trial or like, what's, what's the process? And do you feel you got a fair shake of it? Yeah. Being drafted, it's basically just like a glorified trial. So you come in and hopefully you, you get enough time to show yourself Um, at the union. I was there pretty much the whole preseason. I thought I did pretty well. Um, but they already had like nine or 10 center mid. So kind of going into it, I was thinking, all right, maybe I'll, I'll be gone in the first week just because there's so many guys already signed in my position. And if they let go of me, then I, uh, then I have a better chance of trying to go somewhere else in preseason and showing, Hey, I have something, but they kept me the whole preseason. Um, didn't really say much then when, it came down to it. I, the rosters were turned in already. The next day they said in the airport, hey, yeah, we're not going to sign you. So then at that point I was kind of just stuck in limbo trying to find a team. Um, all the other MLS teams already sent in their their roster, so there's no way I could go to on trial somewhere. Um, so, yeah, I ended up in Orlando, which was a great organization. It, it, for the USL at the time, is probably the best-run club. So I was lucky in that respect. But, yeah, I don't think you really get – I mean, you don't get to choose where you get drafted, so it's tough. Um, I wouldn't have chosen got drafted to the union just because they had that my position already locked up. There's no point for me to go. Um, they clearly didn't think I was better than what they had. Um, but I think, yes, if it's kind of like a free agency role, then maybe other teams are like, hey, we only have four or five center mids come in. Hopefully you do well, and we'll see what happens. But that's not really how it works right now. It's kind of shitty that they left it to like the last minute to – to let you know, right? I mean, Jesus Christ. Like, yeah, like- <laughs> I thought so. But, I mean, that's how it works. You kind of just have to roll with the punches. Um, I know it's happened to other guys, so I can't I can't get down on it. You just kind of get on with it. So, so I mean, like, at that stage, then, like, are you left to find a club yourself or do you have an agent that, like, that will help you out? Yeah, I had an agent. So, uh, I, he helped me to get to Orlando. Um, I'm not with that agent anymore, obviously. I think I didn't think he did a great job getting me to Philly um, for the reasons I stated, but yeah, I got to Orlando. Um, I was on a really good team. I was playing with Kevin Molina, who's one of the better players in MLS now. And um, Rob Valentino is now with Atlanta United, uh, Adama Mbenge, who's in France, like a bunch of good, good players, Darwin Seren. So I was surrounded by an amazing team anyway. So I think it helped me in my career and 
as a rookie and a, my first year pro, it, it really showed that there's, there's a big jump from college to the professional ranks. Yeah. I mean, like most guys I talk to just, just say that they find like you're, you're going from being like one of the better players in college to suddenly being like just in the middle <laughs> when yeah. you hit into the, the professional level. So, so obviously like your dad, uh, he's a, he's a fine Belfast man. He's uh, the head coach of uh, university of San Diego. So does he still give you like tips and tricks on your game? Does he kind of like, Hey, you know, you should be doing this more or are you, are you at the stage where you're just like, leave me alone. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> uh, no, no, he, he, he's always coaching me no matter what. Um, he's, yeah, he's, he's always coached me. He's never actually been my coach. I think maybe for a summer, he was actually the coach of my team, but he was, he never wanted to actually coach my team. He just kind of wanted me to be coached by other people, but he's always there and letting me know what I should do better if I'm doing something well. But um, yeah, <laughs> I don't think anyone has grown up with a coach like him in their corner and always telling you what to do. And I can't, I can't say, no, you're wrong. Uh, he's already been there. He's already been there, done it. So it's, I kind of just have to shut up and listen and be like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> so, so what, what was it? Was it your dad who got you into the game in the first place or did you find it uh, on your own? Uh, no. Yeah. It was my dad. I, I'm the youngest of six. So, I mean, he was playing, um, I think, he, yeah, he was on the national team when I was born. So I don't really remember that out, uh, obviously, but all my siblings played. So I was the youngest. I, I was always at their games, just kicking a ball. And then when he coached, I, I would go to the, um, the practices all the time. I would just be kicking around and exploring the stadiums and kind of getting into trouble. But it's just, uh, I grew up kind of different than a lot of people. So I think I'm lucky in that sense, but um yeah it's just I love the game I fell in love with it and I always knew I wanted to be a professional and luckily for me I'm I'm living my dream yeah the, the brainwash from an early age I love it that's the best way to do it man. Yeah. so 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 um my, my next question is like so as you mentioned you're a United fan uh, I'm just going to change gears as a little bit uh are you uh all out or how's your what's your feelings on how the season's gone so far no I think uh I think we're stick by him right now um I don't think there's really a suitable replacement. Um, when I look at the top managers, I think they're all comfortable at their jobs. You have Pep, you have Tuchel, you have Klopp, you have uh, yeah, all these guys, Pochettino's at PSG. Like, I don't think there's really another replacement. Um, and I think the players are actually playing for him. So I think that's one of the bigger things. Um, <laughs> in the United days, I don't think they were playing for Louis van Gaal or David Moyes. So I think... I think if he has the players on his side and um, maybe one or two more signings, I think we're right there. I think we need a, a D mid to help free Pogba up a bit and kind of cover the ground. But other than that, I think pretty good squad and he's done well with what he's had. So give him another year. Yeah, I, I think so too. Like I, I just think that um, the, the, the thing is that they brought in Ronaldo. It's, it's amazing to have him there, but it's also a curse. Because like he, mm -hmm. I, the guy's thirty six now, so he rested him on Saturday, uh, and and it's like, it's it's not good enough, you know. It's like why aren't you playing him? And I know Ferguson was uh, caught on video afterwards. He was talking to Khabib, and he was just like, you know, you play your best team. You should be playing Ronaldo from the start, which doesn't help Ollie having Ferguson always there. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like yeah. this big specter in the corner. So so do you think that like? Um, 
like I know you said everybody had a defensive mid. What do you think is a solution? Like, do, does he bring Matic back in? Because like, like Van de Beek isn't gonna get doesn't seem to be in his plan. So does he bring Matic in? Like, what do you think is a solution there? Yeah, I think it's tough. I think you, you had yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think you need a a, a pure D mid kind of a, a or a Conte type. But you see Paul Pogba when he's with France, he's unbelievable, unplayable at times. Um, and then you see him at United, and it's like he's good for three games, and he's pretty poor for five and I think he just needs that freedom um and that there's not many players that are good enough to give you that freedom but I think he's one of them um but like you said Ronaldo can be a curse but I think he's still one of the best in the world um he scores goals unlike anybody else so I think yeah you're you're very close with you have Ronaldo you have Pogba you have Bruno Fernandez you have Rashford coming back from injury you have Sancho now you have Martial who not playing great, but you know, he still has something there. Um, so I think they're decent. They have a good squad, but I mean, you look at city, you look at Liverpool and you look at Chelsea, all those teams are unbelievable too. I, I definitely think the United squad definitely stacks up against it. I mean, just the players you named there, it's just like pfft, blow yeah. your mind away. <laughs> um, so obviously like football is your life and uh, you, you seem to like live and breathe a little bit, but what are your interests outside of football? I don't, I think my wife would say nothing. Uh, like you said, <laughs> sitting there, you're already playing. Things, right? Yeah, I'm always I'm always watching or reading, and she's like, if you if you were this passionate about business or something, we'd probably be really rich. And I was like, oh, sorry, babe. <laughs> but uh, uh, outside of soccer, mostly just yeah, hang out with my wife, hang out with the dog that we have, um, kind of chill and relax. Uh, I I feel like I put a lot of. Uh, effort at training so i kind of like to decompress and relax a bit and just kind of chill out at home um go on hikes in the off season and kind of explore so do that go to the beach when i'm in san diego visiting family i love going to the beach uh, but yeah mostly just chill hang out and make sure the dog has its has her energy out so she doesn't wake us up <laughs> <laughs> i love it i love it i love it so yeah. so when you're playing like the big games especially at home when you have like that adrenaline and uh, you know, you come off it or it's a, it's a win or it's a loss. How do you, what's your way of decompressing from this? Is like, I'd imagine when you're playing in front of 30,000 people in Cincinnati, like, were you able to sleep that, that, those nights? Like, like what do you do to? Yeah, it's, it's tough for me to sleep after games, even if I'm playing in front of 20 fans at LA Galaxy 2, or if it's 30,000 at Cincinnati, it's, I probably don't go to bed after games until 2.33 at, at minimum. Um, I kind of just, yeah, the adrenaline's there. Uh, I drank a bunch of caffeine probably before games. So <laughs> st- still running through me, but uh, if especially if it's a loss, it's tough because it's just every every little play is kind of replaying in the head. Um, if it's a win, it's a little better because it's all right. You're happy. You're good. You just focus on the next game. The losses are the tough ones where it's I should have done this or like, I wish I could have done this and I don't know how we lost this game. That stuff. So. Um, it's definitely easier to sleep after a win. Um, after the losses, it's probably like 3.30, 4 a.m. It's like, uh, okay, I should get some sleep. <laughs> so the secret is not to have that six Red Bull before the game, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> so are you probably, I, I'm sure this is the answer is Swainsteiger, but I just ask a lot of people, is who, who's, a, who's your toughest, I, I guess I'll word it differently, who's your toughest opponent you face when you're in the USL? Toughest opponent in the USL? Um like I'm playing with Kev Lambert right now and I always thought he was tough. He's just 
kind of hardest nails and more of a defensive midfielder. It's, it's just as an attacking player, it's really hard to get by him. Um, but like one, there's a kid at San Antonio Pirano. He's in Portugal now. I think he's just, he was probably like five foot two, maybe so, so small and, and quick and agile. And those are the ones that are, are kind of like solo Asante. Just they're so close to the ground for me. It's, it's so hard to defend those type of players. Um, <laughs> so I think, yeah, those, those type of players, but um I'm trying to think. That's how you end up with yellow yeah, cards and red cards. It's just like oh, yeah. nipping at their ankles, right? I just had, yeah, they get by me naturally. A little ankle clip right there. <laughs> so uh, you're going to play in a five-side tournament. From the players you've played with, who makes your team? You can't include yourself if you're fully yourself. Uh, no, no, no. I, I don't make the team. You know, I can tell you that much. Yeah, yeah. You don't, you I'll don't coach to, it. You don't have to. I'll coach uh, or be a sub. <laughs> And your dad will be the assistant coach. Yeah. Uh, but you don't have to have – some people don't put a keeper in because they, they play last round back. So it's up to you what way. No, no, you have to have a keeper. So so four and a keeper, is yep. that what I'm going for? All right, keeper, I'll go uh, Greg Ranjitsing, um, Canadian. Uh, yeah, he was unbelievable. One of my best friends from Louisville. Um, let's see, defenders. I would go – I'll do Harrison Delbridge as my, my defender – I'll do Kevin Molino and Solomon Asante as my midfield slash forwards. And then who's my striker? Uh, this is tough. Uh, I'll leave the hardest to last, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think. In a five side, that's that's tricky too. I'm trying to... Maybe Thomas Venevolts, and I think he's an unbelievable finisher so i think five aside he'll uh he'll finish a lot of goals that, that's an amazing team can you just recap it for me yeah so we got greg ranjitson goalkeeper harrison delbridge at the back holding it by himself uh and then kevin molino solomon Estante, probably the two best usl players and then uh who uh, thomas enovolson up top that is an amazing team man uh <laughs> th- thank you so much for giving me your time man it's been a lot of fun like uh hanging out and uh listening to how your, your season's gone and your career and, and stuff like that so um where can people find you on the social media if they want to look you up uh instagram just shout out my name aiden quinn <laughs> how, how do you spell it <laughs> uh, a-o-d-h-a-n just shout it out yeah just a-o-d-h-a-n it's right there <laughs> amazing so yeah uh thank you so much best of luck for the rest of the season and uh, i hope your dream comes true when you win the trophy man you deserve it yeah thank you so much i appreciate it It was fun you've been listening to the down the pub podcast recorded in halifax nova scotia head to down the to subscribe so you never miss an episode until next time cheers mm-hmm.